Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 573. We've got got a great guest. We've got um, Ray Van Hurst, Director and Client Results at Yoga Co. Um, It's a digital agency, a well-established one. We're going to be talking about everything to do with membership and engagement trends in 2021. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. So, Ray, can you give us a quick 20-second intro? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, as you said, I'm director of client results at Yoko Co. Uh, we are a digital agency that works with organizations that are motivated with a mission beyond profit. Or as I put, I reached in my into my drawer this morning, grabbed my appropriately branded apparel that we like to help organizations do good better. So I I, I came I came to the came to your branded today. Um, so we work with organizations that are like nonprofits, associations that are representing. Uh, uh, good in the world or doing things, and even for-profit companies, uh, the main thing that we look for is how are you making our society and our world a better place? Uh, we fundamentally believe that your web presence is, particularly in the world of COVID, is the single biggest lever you can use to make it a positive impact, and we help organizations do that. That sounds great. And I've got my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, would you look quick, like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Yeah, my name is Stephen Souter. I'm from zipfish.io, where we make WordPress fast by optimizing uh, the code on the server and the code that powers your WordPress site. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the interview, folks, I just want to talk about our, one of our major sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta Hosting is a WordPress-only hosting provider, has all the modern technology, like the latest versions of PHP, um, one button um, backup, you name it, they provide it. And they also provide the performance that you need not only for yourself, but for your clients, especially if you've got a WooCommerce, a learning management system, or a membership website. If that sounds interesting, go over to Kinsta, have a look at one of their plans. I suggest I suggest that you should buy one of them. Um, and if you do, please do the show a favor and tell Kinsta that you heard about them um, on the WP Tonic show. It really helps Kinsta, and it really does help support WP Tonic. So, um, right. Um, so we discussed membership and engagement trends. So, are there any? I don't know how to start the conversation on really. So, um, let's go for a broad topic: engagement. Yeah. So, um, can you give a kind of um, hundred foot look over what how you see engagement and how you see the trends changing? Yeah, that, that's that, that great question and great place to start. So I'll qualify that half of our work is with associations uh, that are doing a lot of education and training and learning and engagement is a big part of what we work with our clients on. Um, there is an association for everything. Um, I learned recently about the Mushroom Association. So there's one of those out there. Um, and just to be meta, I belong. Well, to I'm, a, I'm a member. I'm a member. <laughs> <laughs> and I, just to be mad, I belong to the Association for Associations, the American Society of Association Executives. Um, so, yeah, we see a lot of trends within that. So, 
if you think about what an association does, it represents an industry or a specialty or a purpose like your plumber, your doctors, you know, any doctor you go to is going to belong to that organization that represents their specialty and advocates on behalf of it. Uh, but the big thing that a lot of associations do that we can apply to your listeners is they do education and information and best practices. Um, and one of the trends that we've really seen through the COVID pandemic, and this is across all of our association clients, is that interest in continuing education has gone up across the board. That's a, that's a trend that we've seen now. Some of this might be like early in the pandemic, particularly when hospitals were shut down and people couldn't go to work and medical providers needed, they still needed to get their continuing education because you need that for your license. So like, look, I'm at home, I'm not doing anything. Let's crank out my CE, get that logged as we go through that. But as hospitals have opened up and as things have returned to the relatively new normal, we see trends across our clients of people looking like, how do I make myself relevant in this new economy? How do I pick up new skills? I want to be in an industry or maybe I want to level up in the industry I'm at, I, I'm in. Let's take some continuing education courses. And those are offered. So we're seeing a lot of traffic into that across our clients. People looking for certifications, people looking for courses on things and stuff like that. And that that's a trend that we've seen is, is driving a lot of revenue for those organizations. And the nice thing about that is that delivers a value that increases engagement with the organization so interesting so um does that usually take a form in like some sort of lms like a learning management type systems that usually like the end result when somebody comes to you and says like, hey i want to those kind of whole training system that usually kind of looks like exactly that. exactly and usually usually the, the flow we're seeing is um so if it's an existing client you know if it's an existing member or existing customer of an organization uh they're coming into the website looking for information they are taking that course in an lms mm-hmm. and then that transaction so the course is being managed there and then it's uh being updated in their member database record so associations all use a t- piece of technology called an association management system. Members like, when did you pay dues? What courses did you take? What are your certifications? All that kind of stuff. So it's it's happening over there. But we use the website to try to, to market that and get the user in. So make that content search engine friendly. Tie it from other content. Because, you know, for example, if you think about the flow of the way a user comes into the site, they may be doing a search for a certification Like, I want to get certified in XYZ. Well, let's have that call to action. Like, here's your flow. Here's your process. Sign up for the courses. And oh, by the way, if you become a member, you get half off. Got it. So kind of like the whole like call to action or sales funnel, if you will. Let's say if if I'm a mushroom, the mushroom association, I have an expert mushroom hunter course that you can take. I don't know if that's a thing, but... uh, It might be. (laughs) It should be. I would like to know how to find mushrooms. Um, you would like create the sales funnel that would say, hey, people are going to be searching for this skill set or searching for a certification in this. And then you use the like payment gateway as a way to sell that membership exactly. along with that um, course. Exactly. Kind of, like, bundle those two things together. Bundle them together. And even if you have like resources within your website that are member only, like your, you know, your beginner's guide to mushroom hunting, we'll just keep using them as our example. 
that might be a you know that might be a free resource uh, for members. So that login required page that's going to come up. That's always an opportunity to convert that member Got and it. to say, yeah. hey, if you were a member, you would be getting this, you know, or this is a member exclusive content, yeah. or as you go through that. So, looking at what are those tipping points within the engagement, yeah, that we can either move someone uh, from a casual to an invested, you know, level yeah. of engagement, uh, and, and when we do our mapping out of that journey for our clients. We, you know, we go all the way from someone that just gets the emails and opens them and doesn't think about it, mm-hmm. all the way up to the evangelist who's like volunteering on committees and boards and teaching yeah. and teaching courses as well. You know. So, so if a customer comes to you, or a client comes to you, and they're like, "Hey, I want to build this thing." Is are they looking to generate revenue from the course itself, or is it more always about I want more members? Let's try to get people in the membership. Like, do you always what do you prioritize, or how do you make that decision on where you that is. That, that is a super important question for all sorts of organizations with how the pandemic has affected yeah. things. So um, the big shift that we have seen, you know, associations, you, the, there's the way they make their money is they have dues. They used to have meetings and the meetings went away. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to all do virtual events. Yeah. But the shift we're seeing is like, if you've produced a virtual event, like you've done that work, let's have that have a life beyond and turn that into that continuing education content, get it into your LMS. And now you've just, and keep feeding that as you go. Um, We've also seen like, you know, many of our clients as well, that have had to shift their business model. We work with several speakers and no longer they're out. They can no longer go on the road and go speak, you know, get their $20,000 speaker fees but they still have good content. So let's, yeah. you know, but I know you got you like guys, a new avenue to monetize that. Exactly. Distribute it. Exactly. People. So we have a couple, we have a couple clients. We, we set up learn dash for them, okay. help them build out courses in that cool. going through that and basically pivot the business model. Yeah. That's, that's that. smart. Um, yeah. Our overall are like associations and those kind of sites that have these membership ideas are they seeing their memberships grow a lot right now or are they seeing their membership shrink? Cause people are like, Oh, we're not doing the in-person meetings. We're not doing those things that we're adding value. Um, right. So are you going online to like hedge and keep your current members or are the members increasing because there's more people just online looking for things? It's, it's a little bit of both. It depends on it. So you have a lot of organizations, for example, like uh, scientific societies. If you know, if you have any friends that are scientists, you know, there's the publisher parish model within yeah, your career, yeah. right? And the way scientists publish their content is they go to a conference <laughs> that's every other year. And I, I, I present my, I do my poster sessions and stuff like that. And those types of organizations have had cyclical, like I join, so I get a discount to the conference. I lapse and three years later, I want to go to the conference again. So I join again and mm. lapse. So, so they've had these cyclical memberships. Um, we're working with clients to try to turn that into a, you know, a more ongoing thing. Like, hey, don't let your membership lapse. Here's what you're going to get. You get publishing opportunities and continuing education. Yeah. Um, depending on the industry around where the membership goes, it kind of depends on what's happening with people in the industry. So a lot of organizations are offering hardship cases, hardship dues. Um, okay. So if you've been laid off, we'll suspend, you know, we're, we're going to give you a six-month grace period. Or, but then there are other organizations that are doing well, and you know they're seeing 
it, it's they're seeing their members grow as people look for that training and those connections around that. Yeah. Are those following any lines like the or the associations and organizations that are doing well versus the ones that are struggling? Or is it much more of how they position themselves in the market from, you know, five years ago to now? That's a great question. So one of them, one of them is a matter of positioning, but the other one really uh, that we see comes down to level of marketing and technology maturity. Mm. So how much are you leaning into your tech, into your tech stack to drive your business? And do you have business goals and are you nimble enough to actually respond to those trends? So for, you know, for example, are you locked into an, an LMS that's not, that can't scale? Yeah, that you can't st- add courses quickly to, or a website that you can't add landing pages and and stuff like that. Um, and th- a lot of that comes down to the the. I hate to say IT maturity, but but nowadays marketing and IT are so intertwined. You know, mm. they used to they used to say you know oh, I'm a digital marker. Well, we're all we're all digital marketers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't get away from it. You can't get away from right. So. How is the organization able to use that tech stack to respond? And the ones that are, I mean, boom, like we had we had one client, I think they completely switched their LMSs and the way we built their website, we actually have their course catalog in the website as custom content. Okay. And all they had to do was just hide that page for a month, move all the content to the new LMS, change the URLs of where it went, and they were back up and running and they can market it all. Mm-hmm. So really minimal downtime, you know, think about that. And then they can respond. They could get that out there. And it's, and that, that is an industry that is, that's a client that is completely like pivoted how they're doing and delivering their content. So if I'm a, like an organization, what are things that I can do to like be more flexible? Like, is this, is is it like a company culture thing or is it like, thinking ahead or is it willingness to have like new ideas? Like, like what can you do as an organization to make sure you're like resilient? So I, so like when something crazy, you know, happens, I can come to you and be like, Hey, like everything has to go online. <laughs> what, what do I do? Like, like, like what are, what makes a successful organization successful in that? And somebody yeah. being, in the organization not being very successful. Awesome. All of the above. So I think one of the things is uh, particularly in nonprofits or organizations that aren't spending a lot of money in their IT, they have legacy IT systems that they're stuck with and they haven't kept up to date. And so they're not able to respond. So that, so that first piece is, um, you know, while we love, I was just looking at wireframes and mood boards for a web design earlier. And when you think about a web design project, you think, Oh, we're going to look at pretty pictures. At the end of the day, I'm a plumber that just puts an infrastructure. Yeah. So, you know, let's make sure the organization has that good plumbing um, that is able to respond and get that website in place and that tech stack in place and maybe add the pieces on, such as like an LMS or so on and so forth, uh, going through and do that. So that that there's that piece. Um, skill Internal skill development is really key. It does come down to the uh, attitude and the culture of the organization of can we get this done? Can we do this? Are we going to embrace digital tools and are we going to stay flexible and just try things and maybe they'll fall on their face, but also maybe they'll soar. Yeah. And at least trying things is movement, right? It's not exactly just like hanging on, hoping things work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a good example, one of our clients, um, you know, they're going to, they're, they're in the process of capturing a lot of their courses and they wanted to start off with, uh, and 
they're going to courses are going to have to go into certifications and there's a whole certification module that will eventually come with that. Okay. But as they beta tested this, you know, they stood up learn dash, like let's start, let's start off with 25 courses through that and get our modules and going and see how this goes. And let's build our library and feed into that. And then when we're ready, we can, you know, we can move to a more robust yeah. system that's going to that's going to have my you know all my score tracking my credits and all you know all the kind of stuff like that and can integrate deeper within their member database yeah. around that so that's a really good example of let's try something you know and they started off with two courses and now they're up to 25 and we're right. and they're projecting 100 you know by the end of the year 200 by the end of next year that's awesome courses built within there when or do we need to go for a break? <clears throat> yeah, we need to go for a break. Um, fascinating discussion. We're coming back. We'll be delving a bit more with Ray on this subject. Be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of LaunchFlows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try Launch Flows today. We're coming back. We've had a great discussion with Ray Van Hurst, Director, Client Results of Yoko. So um, obviously this is a, a WordPress kind of focused podcast, but we cover other areas. We have guests like you coming in that's a little bit not so involved in the WordPress um, ecosystem. Or, or community, how, how, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, it seemed that WordPress now runs about forty percent of the internet. Now, um, how does your agency view WordPress, and especially around membership? You know, you got a lot of SaaS competitors like uh, Kajabi, which is focused at the kind of power one person entrepreneur, maybe or small team that wants to market themselves hard. And then you've got corporate learning management systems, SASs, and then you've got WordPress. How how do you see WordPress and how do you make your decision if you're going to use it compared to one of these SASs? Ah, great, great question. Um, so 
yeah, full disclosure, we use WordPress 99% of the time. That's that's what we do. It's we find choice. it's a good choice, exactly. And I say that you know I've been doing this, and I'm going to qualify. By the way, uh, I am not a technologist. You start talking code and servers and PHP stuff and like opening things up, like I am completely lost. Uh, I'm a marketing guy. I'm a marketing strategist and a content strategist. That that's what I do. And from that perspective, and working with our clients, we focus on, you know. I, I joke, let's make this easy enough that Ray can do it <laughs> and how you manage content. You know, I'm trying to be the low bar that we set within mm-hmm. that. Um, WordPress has become, it, it's for, it's f- such a flexible and powerful tool for membership organizations, for organizations of all sizes. Um, it's extensibility. Our developers follow WordPress press practices with custom posts, the ability to do structured content. Um, you know, pretty much like we have clients come to us like, oh yeah, I must do Drupal. And I'm like, well, let me, let me show you WordPress. They're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. So for that. um, And the other thing, quite frankly, so I've, I've worked in my career with commercial CMSs. Uh, I am a certified Sitefinity consultant. I worked with Sitefinity in a previous organization. I've worked with Sitecore, experience manager, et cetera. 99% 99% of the time, WordPress does what we need it to. Mm. And it's just easier to use. And um, I, you know, think about Kinsta as being one of your sponsors. We've got about 100 sites running on Kinsta. So it scales up very nicely within their hosting. Um, you know, for example, one of our clients early on had to pivot to doing, a, take their virtual, their live event and get it into the website and turn it into a virtual event. Mm. And Kinsta, Kinsta scaled up nicely. Didn't didn't even flinch at the excess traffic all of, all on that one day. So some very nice features for that. Um, and then the integrations we end up we end up having to integrate with uh, other clients' systems, mm-hmm. pulling that over. So I think I think what's really important for WordPress within that realm is, as I tell the team, figuring out what to put on the page should be harder than actually putting the content on the page. And let's make that easy to use as we go through that. So we have a pretty much a set stack of tools that we use when we're building out our client sites, but scale yeah. super nice. So when it comes to marketing automation, um, is that something that there's growing interest from your customer base? And if there is, um, what are some of the, um, especially around membership, you know, that's what we've been discussing. Is there interest in using marketing automation with these associations? And what how do you introduce them? Because it's a it's a rather big subject, an elaborate <laughs> subject, isn't it? Just just a little bit. Yeah. So we've um Full disclosure, we are HubSpot partners, so I do HubSpot. I'm a self-professor. Oh, I'll HubSpot. forgive you. I'll forgive you, Ray. You're a nice person. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll admit I'm a bit of a HubSpot fanboy, but then again, I've also used Marketo, MailChimp, and stuff like that. So um, with a lot of membership organizations, they're, they're historically their marketing automation would be a drip campaign that's tied into an external system. There are some service providers in the association industry that integrate very well with the member databases. So, because you want to keep that singular point of record of who's a member, who's not, and all the stuff that goes within that. Um, And what a lot of people realize is like a drip campaign is not marketing automation. 
that that's just programming a series of events. True marketing automation is 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 you know the dropping you into personas. If you did this, do that. Uh, if you're a trade association, you know which the trade associations are what companies belong to. Like one of our clients is the telecommunications industry association. So Verizon and T-Mobile, as a company, join that. Um, so organizations are looking at, we're seeing across a, a lot of organizations are looking at marketing automation of how can we, t- t- you know, we talked about engagement earlier. How can we take those email only members and convert them to members, convert them to advocates for what we do, evangelists, and like, you know, start personalizing that content for them. So we're definitely seeing demand tip, tip up. Um, a friend of mine uh, was, at the American College of Radiology, if you've ever had an X-ray, like that's their members. Uh, he was used. He used Marketo. I think he at one point he said he had like 60, 60 workflows going for various things. Just like how can he automate? And it's like so. It it's definitely growing. Definitely oh, growing. Over to you, Stephen. With uh, with HubSpot. Um, HubSpot's super cool, but like they have a pretty high price tag. Is it hard for you to get clients on board with paying, you know, a good chunk of change for marketing automation? Or do you feel like that's a pretty easy sell for you guys? So yes and yes. You're right. It does have a high price point. Uh, and what we see is that um, clients will start on other systems, particularly if they have that IT maturity or the MarTech maturity, they they hit the ceiling really quickly on what those other systems do, and it's a pretty quick it's a pretty quick transition out of it. Um, I mean, SharpSpring is another good solution. Uh, we've done SharpSpring implementations as well, so that that's a good example of of, of a system. Um, and then the other thing, HubSpot may not like me for saying, like negotiate with them. Hmm. You know, because HubSpot, that's the problem with HubSpot's pricing is that it's based on the number of contacts in your database. Yeah. And if you're an association, like, you know, one of our clients is the American Association of Endodontists. They have 15,000 endodontists in their database. Wow. And the rack pricing that comes on the website for that, that's out of reach. Mind-numbing. Like, <laughs> it's mind-numbing. But but we can be like, hey, look. Let's let's negotiate on this. What what can you yeah. do? And and HubSpot's been good about working with associations, and I believe they even have like association specific uh, uh, customer support. Customer yeah, support. I, I've seen their um, they have like a startup pricing thing or whatever yeah. that like like you can like get in for super cheap, which is pretty cool for for companies that are just starting out that aren't like well funded and they want to like try to ramp yeah. up fast. And then it's like it's just a game of like, can you get your marketing to work to pay for it? In exactly. One year. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So it's it's definitely looking at how do you. I I think the opportunity for organizations, uh, membership otherwise, you know, is to not just look at how many transactions can you drive through marketing automation, but also how how can you deepen that engagement and make that organization part of your life, where you identify with it and you feel like it's part of the tribe. Yeah, and really, right now, right, like uh, that's the investment that you can really make into building the relationship is through those digital like. It's the Touch only points. way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's the only way because we're not seeing each other in, in person. Yeah. And, and how many Zoom happy hours can you do before your liver kick gets mad at you? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, man. How many can you just tolerate from a mental standpoint? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I guess those are like kind of go 
hand in hand though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, something that you uh, said a little bit a while ago, but it kind of made me think a little bit is you were talking about, you know, just start off and learn dash. Maybe you migrate to a more sophisticated system down the road or like you would talk kind of like, 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 you know, do whatever you can do right now and then like figure it out what, what that next step is or that next step is. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people often talk about choosing the right solution and like put so much time and energy into like, this is, this is the end all be all. We're going to make this decision once and this is what it's going to be. Or when, you know, you're working on a new site design or new landing page, it's like, it's gotta be perfect. Cause I don't want to touch this ever again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to do that? Or do you always have to just view websites and LMS systems as like, we'll be here for a couple of years and you know what, we'll probably be somewhere a little bit later and just like, don't sweat it, don't overthink it kind of. So I think, yeah. So if you think about the traditional, because we do a lot of web design work and there's the traditional model of, um, you know, I build a website. I, I go through all this work to build a website. I launch, I move on to the next project. Yeah. My website gets stale. Three, two, two or three years later, my CEO calls me and says, the website sucks. It's a piece of crap. Rebuild it or we're not getting leads out of it. Meanwhile, you've been doing all this projects because you haven't, and it's, it sucks, by the way, because you haven't been updating it for three years, right? <laughs> um, that's why it sucks. Yeah. So let's do it again. Let's rebuild it. Let's do our strategy and so on and so forth as we go through that. And this is just a vicious cycle. And it's like, we're going to put out an RFP. We're going to hire a new agency and all of a sudden you just churn that keep you keep churning in that process um your better option is always be iterating always be improving and that's that concept of growth driven design that okay we've launched now what what are the metrics we want to change how can we do this so we you know this is a good example i mentioned the american association of endodontists earlier um they have a whole site uh for patients if you want to learn about root canals for that um so we do work with them of like, okay, how can we optimize for SEO? How can we optimize conversions into their find and endodontist tool? And we just on a monthly basis, like we look at the analytics of what's happening and then say, okay, what if we just move this CTA? Which is the same thing B2B SaaS marketers do. Yeah. Right? B2B SaaS marketers always are doing landing pages and landing page optimization and conversion optimization. So can every other organization. Yeah. So um and it's okay. I think it's it's okay to put those experiments out. And if they fail, they fail. And then if if you stay flexible and nimble in your in what you're doing and keep in mind that like that things are going to keep changing, if the time comes that you need to swap out a piece of technology because you've had that mindset as you've gone, it's not as big a piece, it's not as big a shift in the future. Yeah. Like I said, that you know, that client of mine, they switch LMSs in a month. Yeah, that feels crazy that you could bet, like, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. You know, they just had these courses, you know, get them moved over. And and we had, we were controlling the front end inputs of how you got to the course. So yeah. all they had to do was just change the URL that it went to in the course library. And, and they're up and running that. and offering more courses. We need to wrap up the podcast part. Are you okay to stay on with us and do some yeah. bonus content? Um, we're going to do some bonus content, listeners and viewers, which you'll be able to watch on the WP Tonic YouTube channel and website. You'll be able to watch the whole interview plus the bonus content. Um, 
So um, before I wrap it up with Ray, uh, um, I also want to tell you of a webinar, me and Spencer Forum from the WP Tonic Roundtable show are going to be doing on Friday, March the 12th at 10.30 Pacific Standard Time. And it's going to be about marketing automation, how you can use um, Spencer's product with WooCommerce um, with Animator to make professional landing pages and then with Fluent CRM be able to bundle these four products together and build modern, scalable automizations all based on WordPress. So if that sounds interesting, maybe Ray should join in and listen to it, but you would probably learn about how WordPress is growing, you know, something that is powerful and a lot less expensive than some of the SaaS platforms how do you join us join us and, and by doing that you'll be able to ask me and spencer questions um you just go to the wp tonic website and in the main navigation there's a button that says webinar you just click it sign up and then you'll be able to join us free on march the 12th at 10 30 a.m pacific standard time and it will be a feast of knowledge so ray how can people find out more about you and how more about your agency. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, our URL is www.yokoco.com. So yokoco.com. Um, no relationship to Yoko Ono. It's named after Chris <laughs> Yoko. Everyone always asks about that. I always did. <laughs> yep. Our, uh, my email address is ray at yokoco.com. Um, I also happen to be highly search engine optimized. So if you do, do a Google search for Ray Van Hilst, I'm number one in search for my own name. So I, you know, I've got that going. Um, so yeah, look, lo- love to chat with people and feel free to drop me a line and learn about us. And Stephen, how do people find out more about you and Zipfish? Yeah, head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test and see how much faster we can make your website. And they did some work on the WP Tonic website and they made it a lot quicker. So if you're looking for speed optimization, Zipfish are the people to go to. Um, we're going to wrap it up, folks. We'll be back next week with another great guest, another great interview, and hopefully we'll see you on the WP Tonic YouTube channel for the bonus content. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 